if I'm going to do something, it's going to be sick and it's gonna be so cool. Or it's gonna be the most hideous four seconds of my life while I just free fall to the ground. That was a quote by American rock climber Alex Honnold. Uh, welcome back to Spilt Milk. Uh, this is your host, Sage with B. Oh, right. <laughs> I forgot that I had to come at this point. My name is Jeannie Mayo, and we have a, a guest, Kira. Hi. Hi, Kira. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, Kira is another freshman here at Pitzer. Um, she's very into climbing. She's really into a couple different types of dance. Kira, would you like to... Talk about what types of dances you're uh, particularly interested sure. in. Sure, I've been dancing salsa and bachata for the past three years now, and then I've been climbing for a long time um, as well. And bachata and salsa are both um, Spanish influenced dance, um, and they're a lot of fun. Both partner dances, both social dances. Awesome. Well, today I believe we're going to be talking about uh, just some of the craziest things that people have done. Uh, people are a little bit insane, some people are thrill seekers, some people are just curious. We're going to talk about a couple of them. Yeah. yeah. Sage, do you want to take it away? Yeah, if I must, <laughs> I would love to. Okay, um, do you guys know much about skydiving? No, I do not know much about skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean honestly, I, I'm going to try to do it this summer. Whoa. But it's going to be scary. I like, I'm not a big fan of heights, but I, mm, I mean. But I feel like once you're up high enough, <laughs> heights aren't like. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you <laughs> don't know. It's, no? it's an instructor okay. being strapped to you and jumping out of the plane, so you don't have an option. I've heard that you don't get that feeling though where like your stomach yeah, goes up I because think. like your body doesn't realize that it's falling because you're just like floating in air until you get close to the ground and you can see it coming towards and you. And then you start having like a panic crisis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm it. sure the first time won't be very scary then. The first um, time. Okay, the first couple. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to talk about uh, this guy who in 2012 did the highest skydive that's ever been done before. Not counting anyone that, like, I don't know, fell back to earth in a rocket, but I don't think that counts. I also don't know if that's happened. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. <laughs> so. How tall? Uh, how high you mean? How high? <laughs> how tall was that? How... Um, so on October 14th, 2012, uh, this guy who's on an Austrian skydiver named Felix Baumgartner, he jumped from the stratosphere, which is uh, 128,000 feet in the air. Uh, generally, That's a pretty good height there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like when you're in a plane, you hear them say like, "Okay, we're at forty thousand feet, you know, cruising altitude," and you you're like way above the clouds. This is a little over three times that distance. Um, he had to take like a mini space shuttle up to get into the stratosphere, and then he jumped from that. There's a, there's a really good like twenty five minute video. So he had to take oxygen with him. Yes, he had an oxygen tank, but it only had ten minutes worth of oxygen in it because he was supposed to like get up there and jump out so mm. if he'd like gone unconscious or something well he could just he could just like fall in the weight for him to like be able to breathe again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Um, happened in a mission impossible movie i think it went well but... <laughs> oh okay <laughs> also he, he like needed to be outside of his little shuttle in order for a parachute to actually work because he was basically jumping out of the shuttle the shuttle was just gonna like keep orbiting Okay. Um, so he jumped out of the shuttle. Makes sense. Um, he fell for about nine minutes, a little over nine minutes, 
and almost half of that was just free falling, which is insane. Usually you don't free fall for more than maybe a couple minutes. Um, and during the fall, he actually broke the speed of sound. He ended up going a max speed of about 833 miles per hour. Wow. For reference, uh, that's about 33% faster than the speed of a jumbo jet. It's almost half as fast as a bullet. Um, I wonder if his eardrums just like pop. <laughs> he was wearing like a full suit. Oh. <laughs> I don't, don't think he heard but, like, too much. You could imagine him breaking bones due to the wind pressure and yeah. like resistance. That's there. totally fair. Um, I mean, well, yeah, because like when asteroids come into the atmosphere, they burn up because they're going so fast. They basically had to like calculate it so he's going fast enough that it's like the highest jump but that he doesn't just get incinerated so he's maximizing his height so <laughs> yes, <laughs> he doesn't die exactly um but parachuted down and made it and now holds the world record for highest jump imagining getting the math wrong on that just <laughs> <laughs> yeah here just for reference you guys can look i won't show the video but this is the space shuttle that he jumped out of so he's in essentially what is a metal soda can <laughs> Yeah. And then he decides to jump out of it. I've actually seen yep. this. He's That's sponsored so by scary. Red Bull. Mm -hmm. Sponsored and, by Red Bull. Oh, naturally. Yep. Yeah, this is him jumping. Oh my gosh. Who authorized this? Um, <laughs> authorized it? Red Bull? Because <laughs> everyone is all caffeinated up. Yeah, look at There he goes. <laughs> yep. Who can't see? He just disappears. He yep. jumps and then it's disappears. a dot, and it's just like black, <laughs> and then you just see this white dot uh -huh. just like fall throughout yeah. the screen. Uh, he spent like five years training and preparing for the jump, but finally did it. Totally fine. Terrifying. Holds the record. What is he doing now? I have no idea. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Anyways, Jeannie, what, what do you have for us? Okay, so my first one. This was pretty recently. In, um, I think 2000, oh god, I don't have this fact. I think it was like 2012, maybe. That's pretty the same recently. Year as this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of this woman named Jennifer Ferg? Jennifer. Or Jennifer F I G G E? Hmm, I don't think so. No. Have you, Kara? No, I'm not. Well, she is the first woman to cross the Atlantic by what means of transportation? I'm going to guess swimming. Yeah, it was swimming. <laughs> she swam over 24 days from Cape Verde. Wait, only 24? I know. Okay, wait. Listen Shit. to this. Island off the west coast of Africa to Trinidad. That is about 25,000 miles. 24 days? I would think Not 25,000. 2,500 side. Yeah, but I would still think that that would take like couple months. Yeah, so she only also swam 19 of the 24 days since she was waiting for like weather to be on her side. So mm -hmm. some of the some of people who like were talking about her with like criti critics were like, well, she used like a lot of the currents to help her. So Yeah, what a backstory. <laughs> she didn't actually do it. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> but it seems like a Harsh word to say. Wow, you didn't really swim all of twenty five hundred those miles. You had someone like the water kind of helped you a little. Wow, that's like complaining about like sailors and stuff using wind as a means of travel. Like, no, they should be paddling with their hands. What the hell are they doing? That's like the guy who's falling from the stratosphere. Oh, you didn't really like do it because you weren't like. He was just. 
gravity. You were just falling. Yeah, yeah, gravity was on your side. Gravity worked. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it basically says that she swam upwards to 10 miles, oh, 90 miles per day, which is a lot. 90 miles? Um, swimming 10 oh, miles per hour. Yeah, could. I bet it can't help you that much, though. Okay, but the world record of the 1500 is 3.5 miles per hour, and she was going 10 miles per hour. So she was going a longer distance than 1500. Because of the currents? Yes, so so the currents really, really helped her. Hmm. But Um, still. 90 miles is impressive. For 19 days, 24 days. If I I, I couldn't. Yeah, walking like 10 miles a day is a lot of walking. You're you're pretty tired after that. Oh, you're, for sure. You're, you're walking. Yeah, ninety mm-hmm. miles of walking is like okay. You you're uh-huh. insane. You're ridiculous. And swimming is slower too. Like, yeah, swimming is harder. You're using yeah. so Everything, much more yeah. energy generally. I mean, yeah, that's why it's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Did she get yeah. some sort of award or record for that? I mean, like the first woman to cross the Atlantic. Yeah, she based it off of um, a dream. In not her like like a sleeping dream, but like in nineteen sixties, there's apparently like a transatlantic flight that like maybe went missing. I don't know, or or like landed in the ocean, and that got her thinking about if she had if she were in that situation, and she had like gotten to a life jacket if she were able to just like swim from where the plane landed to the coast, like if that was possible. Hey. So going from there to that like one thought to like. Okay, I'm gonna swim it without. <laughs> swim it. Let's swim across the ocean. Wow. Well, how did she sleep? Is my question. Um. So, they had a boat alongside her, um, with like a crew and everything, and they would just let her like you know sleep, but they would pick up the same at the same spot the next day. They, I think they were just like anchor it. Yeah. 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 But all, that's still a long distance. It's, it's. Oh no! That's yeah, it's crazy. crazy. Hello, this is Sage. In the next segment on our show, we mistakenly call a certain climb height 7,500 feet when it is in fact 7,500 feet from sea level and only 3,000 feet to the top. Sorry for any inconvenience. Kira, would you like to tell us a little bit about yours? Sure. Um, So as I mentioned earlier, I've been rock climbing for upwards of um, four or five years now. Um, and recently, um, Alex Honnold free soloed El Capitan, which is a mountain, um, in, uh, Yosemite. It's a, basically a giant sheer face, um, of rock. It is over a mile. It is, uh, 7,569 feet, um, which is longer than a mile. Um, Jesus, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Um, and Alex Honnold, um, it was the first man to ever free solo it. Many people have climbed it. Free soloing, however, doesn't involve any roads or safety gear at all. So if Honnold falls, he dies at any point on the route. Is um, Honnold related to Honnold the library at all? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think the safe answer to that is no. <laughs> that just got me thinking. Anyways, go on. But I don't know if that goes in the podcast or not, so I'm not going to point that question. Oh, uh, yeah, we can cut anything we need. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, so Alex Honnold free solos El Capitan. Um, El Cap has uh, five sections of it that um, are generally broken up. So for those of you who think that free soloing 
is uh, similar to bouldering. Bouldering is when you climb without ropes, but you only go about 20 feet up and fall. That's kind of scary. So he's going 7,000 feet (laughs) with the potential of falling. Um, In fact, even just to make it to the first, like, through the first section of the climb um, is 200 feet. So... There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, that seems like a standard, just like rope climb, like a hundred feet, maybe two hundred. A standard like competition rope climb is seventy feet. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ! Wow. What's yeah. this guy doing? This stamina. <laughs> right. Um, so it took him three hours to do the climb. Um, and so very impressive. for those of you, I know both of you guys have gone rock climbing, um, and I'm impressed for if uh, there's a thing in my climbing gym called a tread wall, which is just a treadmill that has holds on it that's oh. upright. I can last about five minutes on it. So Dang. with like giant jug big holds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honnold, there's a section of the route, um, the boulder problem, where he holds on to a little tiny piece of rock about the size of his thumb. Um, and um, I remember karate kicks that. himself, essentially swings from one ledge of it to the other ledge. Um, and in the movie, they made a movie called Free Solo of him doing this climb. And in the movie, um, he falls at oh. that point on ropes. Oh, okay. So he's belayed on ropes. But just so we know that this is not a climb that he's at all comfortable with doing. This mm-hmm. is an incredibly difficult technical climb. Um, with ropes, with safety gear. Because he, he trained for like a year or two. Right? Years, years before doing this. He mm. thought up the climb in about 2009 was when he started planning the climb and he just did it in mm. 2017. Um, it's crazy, to say the least. Um, the filming of this movie, the main movie, Free Solo, incredible mm. movie, um, and the filmmakers had to figure out ways to film it without him being aware that he was filming because they didn't want any responsibility for him feeling pressure that mm-hmm. they were watching. And Wait, so he didn't know that he was being filmed at all then? No, no, oh. he knew, he just couldn't see oh, any like of Like they made them. the camera okay. sneaky. Right, so exactly, that it didn't so distract they did it through drones and things like that so that he was not um, influenced okay. in any way by what they were doing. Um, and you watch the movie and you watch the people on the ground who are filming him, all of them are like turned away and can barely mm-hmm. watch. Oh, wow. Um, but I remember reading a thing that like a bunch of his friends and family were like in, like seriously involved in the project and mm-hmm. they had to like basically agree that they would not help him during the last climb. And, yeah. like, and that uh, they also couldn't tell him to do it or to not do it. They had to like let it all be completely up to him. Yeah, in fact, Honnold... Um, did not tell the film crew when he was going to do the climb. Yeah, so right. he, they just had to be kind of on call. And oh, he woke up wow. one morning at 3 in the morning. He starts the climb at about 4 a.m. Um, to avoid like the heat and everything else because you want to do problems when they're as dry as possible. Um, so he does the climb. Honnold's a very emotionless guy. Um, and he does the climb. He reaches the top takes off his shoes. I believe he stands up there and eats an apple, if I recall correctly. Um, <laughs> and and Wait, how did he get an apple? Out. I think he is, so one of his friends is at the top. Oh, oh shooting okay. so they need, like, film people. Right. Um, and he did it without, like, alerting the crew? No, so they, they were aware, but his girlfriend, like, didn't know. Like, he just oh, was sure. like, today's the day, I'm going. And there was no, like, prep or anything for that. Um, but yeah, there are five seconds to the climb. One of them's a giant slab, which is basically... Think about climbing on something that your body can kind of lay flat against almost. Um, And that is to say that it's incredibly slippery, Mm. meaning if he misplaces, he'll just slide right off of it. Wow. 
another section of it um, has this crack climb where you have to climb in this little tiny like pipeline almost, this little wedge. Um, it's just like a crevice that goes all the way Right, out, yeah, right? it's like a big crevice. And most climbers who do the route, they use ropes and they swing around the crack to avoid it uh, because it's so technically difficult, <laughs> but Honnold has to climb it because he doesn't oh, have yeah. ropes. Um, then there's a true, like, actual vertical crack climb where in order for him to do it, he shoves his body in what's like a chimney and just chimneys mm. his way up it. Um, which is, again, if you've ever seen, like, American Ninja Warrior where they, like, spider climb and they, like, put their hands on the wall and they kind of, like, jump up it, it's kind of like that except your body is just shoved into rocks. Uh, I've heard that those are supposed to be really claustrophobic. Yeah, they're while. terrifying. Uh, have you done one? Uh, yeah, I've done a couple chimney climbs that have been very tight, nothing outside, though. Hmm. And then the boulder problem has that karate kicked thing. It's the most difficult section of the climb. Um, and then there's what's called the Enduro Corner of the route, which is the last 180 feet. Um, and basically what Honnold does is he just takes all of his weight and puts it on his arms and just lies back as if he was grabbing like a vertical beam almost. He just lies back, holds it, and just is climbing straight oh up goodness. it for the last 180 feet. And so... Just with his arms? They're not like out of energy by then? Uh, I mean, he has his feet on the wall, obviously, mm-hmm. but... After 7,000 feet, he still has yeah, to do it. So, yeah, so, yeah. Seriously. Um, so, yeah, it's a crazy climb. And, uh, and there, there's some parts when he can just, like, walk and rest quickly. Oh, no, Cap? Yeah. There is one scene where he has to traverse, like, a very small ledge. And by that, I mean, like, he stands with his back on the ledge and, like, inches himself across oh, it. It's because not it's that like, crazy. Very small, but he interrupts someone who's sleeping up there. <laughs> someone <laughs> sleeping up there? Yeah, so people who do climbing, if they do multi-pitch climbs, multi-day climbs, uh-huh. you can... This is terrifying, but you can clip your tent mm. oh, into the face of a wall. Yeah, no, I've, se- I've seen pictures of people having, like, little... Uh, they look like little bird nests that are just, like, yeah. stuck on the wall. Yes, okay, but, like, you're sleeping. Like How do you plank. fall asleep? Like, well, I guess you just... Trust the fact that your cams will stay in there? Well, no, you usually have like a tent. You're like inside a little You're in a tent. Right? Yeah, so but like your out. tent is just. I'm with you, Jeannie. Yeah, your tent is just. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't do it either. Anyway, Honnold woke up some guy who was sleeping in a fuzzy <laughs> unicorn suit, which is in the movie. Oh so, so, so there, there is that. But, okay. um, I wonder what the guy thought of it. He was like just sleeping and then he like. Here's this guy, like, climbing up. And then, <laughs> but no, I mean, he probably thinks, damn, I wish I could do that. He's also climbing that. Just yeah. Yeah. Apparently not as quickly. <laughs> the craziest thing is, Han, they've studied Honnold's brain, and he mm. just doesn't perceive fear and death uh, the same way mm. normal people do. Is it, like, something to do with his amygdala, maybe? I really don't know. Um, mm. This is just one of those things where this guy, he's not, people criticize him for being a thrill seeker, for making the sp- it seemed too dangerous, but the truth is he just isn't afraid of it. He recognizes it, and he mm-hmm. takes it really seriously, and he spends months training, and he doesn't have a death wish. He actually, the first time he tried it, he got partway up and then decided to stop the climb and mm-hmm. come down, because he didn't want to fall. Well, doesn't he say he usually is, like, the most calm when he's yeah. doing his climbs? Because he, mm-hmm. like, whenever he gets stressed, that means you're not going to succeed. Right. So, like, if he got stressed on the climb, he probably wouldn't Exactly. Have and, like, so That's I so just... Interesting. I just started learning how to lead climb, which is basically top rope has like a rope anchored at the very top of your climb and someone's belaying you. So as you go up, the rope gets pulled in pretty much. Very safe. If you fall, you just kind of like hang out there. 
We climb and you carry the rope up with you. So this is the closest kind of thing you could get to like free soloing on a giant wall would be kind of lead climbing unless you just like bouldered it, which not really the same. Um, and what happens with lead climbing is you take a rope up, you clip, and then you climb above the rope. Mm -hmm. Meaning if you fall, you free fall for a little bit until the rope starts to catch you and then you catch from below the rope. So you have like possibility of like hitting the wall if it falls? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, that terrifies me. I'm absolutely terrified of that. So I can't mm -hmm. even imagine what it is like to look 7,000 feet down and like... I think you just, if yeah, if you want to actually be able to do that, you have to have a completely different mental state. Mm -hmm. You have to look 7,000 feet down and be like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm where I'm at. I'm where I'm at and that's just, I, I know I can climb this. And there are a is. lot of rock climbers who have died free soloing and there are a lot, a lot of rock climbers who still do free solos. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there are a lot of climbers who... Um, try really complex climbs at all different stages in their career and Arnold's kind of said that El Cap is the greatest wall on earth the greatest thing that no one has ever free soloed um, until he did it and now he is just kind of climbing around again and he'll be looking for his next free solo climb <laughs> I guess eventually if that's the uh, greatest geez. one what is he looking at next I know a lot of people do buildings would you building? ever do building climbs I kind of think that a building might be too easy for him. Okay, that's probably too, <laughs> too many cracks. He needs like, like a, a sheet of glass. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> there's a part of El Cap that's described as a sheet of glass. Oh my goodness. As far oh. as just like how smooth the rock is. Uh, ah. Is he Spider-Man? Is his girlfriend terrified at all points of his life? Yeah, I don't know. Um, the girlfriend actually dropped him one time. <laughs> they were rock climbing. Um, they were lead climbing. And she was belaying him. Um, and she let the rope run out. So meaning like the rope came out of the grigri oh, or the belay device. Normally you're supposed to hold onto the rope and then you feed it through. But she ran out of rope so it just came out of the device and he fell. Oh, Wait, that was her mistake or she... Or like there was enough rope or something? I mean, she should have known. Oh, okay. Like, you, you have to know these things okay. as a player. Um, and... Yeah, he decked. Um, oh. And he... Jeez, I don't actually know if he broke his back or just like really badly sprained Jesus. his like leg and back. But uh, there's a part in the movie where he was like, "Yeah, I thought about breaking up with her when that happened." What? <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> I mean, like it's it's just a mistake. Like it sucks, but it's not like that's how she feels about you. Yeah, right. She's not trying to like, kill him. Like, 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 let's take a moment and realize that, like care about a person you should probably check to make sure you have enough rope so that they won't just die that's true do you know how far he fell like was it I don't, a bunch of feet it was actually far or? uh yeah it was far it was enough so really i think he decked maybe 30 feet or so um but actually lots of climbers get decked because when you lead climb the person giving you rope has to give you a lot of rope a lot of slack so that you don't like get weighed down by uh -huh. the rope and so in climbing competitions, pe the people who are belaying are scared of what's called short roping, not giving the climber enough rope. So they give too much, and then people you will fall, fall really and they'll just hit the mats. Oh, oh wow. That's too much rope. <laughs> yeah, so one of the most famous climbers, she's a girl about 17 now. Her name is um, Ashima, and her dad was belaying her in prep for a comp. And she's like a world, like world champion climber. Um, and she decked from like 45 oh. feet. And she was fine because she's a shima and like just doesn't get hurt. That's like enough to kill a person. <laughs> At least it's not a mat. Forty-five feet. That's kind of. But like we're not talking a bouldering pad. 
we're talking just like oh, some carpeting, like the flooring at hangar, oh, you know, the gym. Yeah. Like the stuff we walk on, that's what people are falling down that's on. We're not, not falling not. on like Why <laughs> don't they have padding mats? Well, because the rope's like supposed to catch you. Yeah, but like but if it's, it's known, always extra precaution. Like, happen sometimes. So what should, if the rope, the rope just snaps? And then yeah, you just kill, like, exactly. Okay, well, let's person. not say that. As someone who's trying to get over their fear of like, climbing, <laughs> let's like not talk about the rope snapping. But yeah, that's what people do. People climbing is Jesus. one of those amazing sports that. Is gorgeous and beautiful and incredibly challenging um, mentally and physically. But oh my goodness, people like Alex Honnold have, and even there are some crazy people who've done these incredible lead climbs that just are absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. um, to watch free solo, absolutely incredible. Me and Junie have one more each. I'll try to make this one a little bit short. So this is actually more of a survival story that's, that I just thought Ooh, was really right. interesting rather than something like quick that somebody did, or a stunt. Um, so this happened in 1921. Uh, in 1921, uh, an indigenous uh, woman from Alaska, she's from the, I think it's Inupiat, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce it, but so an indigenous Inupiat woman named Ada Blackjack. She set sail for a small speck of land known as Wrangell Island, uh, just north of Siberia. And she was going along with four other men from England and a cat named Vic. Mm, yes. I don't know if that part's important, but I thought I it was I think cute. it is. <laughs> so she was hired by these guys to be a, a seamstress on the island, basically just like sewing them survival gear and stuff. And they assured her that she'd be well cared for, wouldn't have to like deal with too much survival stuff. Um, and they were going to pay her really well. Um, and so these British guys, they were intending on capturing the land for British control lovely. Yeah. Uh, and they were supposed to be picked up by a rescue vessel in about a year. And they were just planning on basically like, like bringing some supplies, but we're mainly going to survive off the quote unquote friendly Arctic. Uh, <laughs> like it's the game and whatever that they found on the, on the island. So unbeknownst to the party, the ship that was sent to pick them up uh, a year later, it had to turn back because like a bunch of ice had formed and blocked its passage. So they were basically forced to be stuck an extra year than they thought they were going to be. And after that first year, game was already running like super low on the island. Uh, the party was starving. The, le the lead member, he developed serious scurvy. He was super ill. And so the three other guys, they decided to leave and try to like trek across the ice to Siberia to get help. And they were never seen again, so I don't <laughs> think that worked. Um, and so basically this lady, she, she'd been born in Alaska and raised among the Inupiat peoples, but she'd never really been trained in wilderness survival or anything. Didn't really know what she was doing, but, uh, she served as a doctor, a nurse, uh, huntswoman for like six months until the guy finally died of scurvy. And she, I mean, she was just left alone on this tiny little like ice covered island, not knowing if she was ever going to get. Uh, rescue but she, yeah she she has a she had a son back home and so she like refused to despair and basically decided to figure out how the heck she was going to survive so over the next yeah, props to her i know so this is already already after being there for an extra six months so this is like mm -hmm. a, a year and six months into it and those six months she was basically doing everything on her own because this guy was just sitting around being sick 
Um, so she learned how to set traps to lure white foxes. She taught herself to shoot birds, built a platform above her shelter so she could spot polar bears in the distance, uh, built a skin boat from driftwood and stretched canvas after the one uh, initially brought to the island that was lost in a storm. So she basically just figured out all these ways to wow. survive. And on August 20th, 1923, a rescue boat finally arrived <laughs> about like almost three years into it. And uh, what the crew said when they found her is apparently like she'd done so well, she probably could have survived another year or so on the island just by herself. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> um, and this is a quote from an article on Atlas Obscura. It says, Ada was re reunited with Bennett, her son, and used her payment, which was less than she had been promised, fuck you, <laughs> from her time on Wrangell Island to seek treatment for his tuberculosis in a Seattle hospital. So, hey. this is a somewhat happy ending. I won't tell you what happened later because it's actually not as happy, but let's just oh, end it there. Okay. <laughs> Go Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my last one. I actually learned about this in a fictional book, but I knew that this was a true story. Well, not like the book obviously wasn't true, but the guy who I'm going to be talking about, do you know who Philippe Petit is? Is he here? Yes, he's French. No, he's not here. He's, he's, <laughs> no, no, he's, no, no, this guy doesn't exist. He's French terms. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Philip, Philip I believe it's Philippe. <laughs> That's like when I when I small when you say that one. I imagine like a little bean, but like yeah, not, not a lima bean, but like a little little bean, like one of those ones you used to used to count in like middle school and stuff. You remember when you oh, get those I know what you're talking about, but it's a weird thought to have. That's just what I picture. Well, if you know. Do you know who he is? No. No, you don't? Okay. No. Well, Philippe Petit. <laughs> um, he is a renowned tightrope walker in oh. the 20th century. Yeah. I do know who Yeah. Is. So he is most famous for tightrope walking across the Twin Towers in 1974. So not super long ago. Just, you know, 40 years. Um... 40, 50 years. Um, Still yeah, not much has changed. But, I mean... I mean, the Twin Towers don't exist now. Well, that, <laughs> but I meant, like, the sport of tightrope. Oh, okay, yeah. Still that's just true. a rope. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's true. That's yeah, true. so this is pretty cool because, like, he started tightrope walking um, just, like, as a hobby, I'm pretty sure. Um, and... He was in circuses, and then he, like, did a couple of smaller things, but his goals were definitely set on the World Trade Center. Whoa, so he just, like, knew from the start he wanted to do it? Yeah, and Whoa. there was a lot of, there was a lot of, like, sketchy things behind it, because, one, it was unauthorized to do it, so he had to get a lot of his, like, friends to, like, like, get a helicopter to, like, scope out the scene, and he had to, like, somehow... Um, just bring in a bunch of rope to the top of the buildings without anybody knowing. You know, like, that's pretty hard. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. He, did the police have any idea that he was going to do it? Or was he, like, really sneaky? Yeah, he was very sneaky. Mm -hmm. sneaky. No one really knew what he was about to do. Um, yeah, and then he had, he did it 
he was arrested. Um, not for long. I think he got off charge because, like, like so cool. Yeah, people. Yeah, honestly, people were like, "Oh, you, like whatever." Like as long as you give back to the community. So he just did performances in the park, but he had a promise. They went like super extreme. And <laughs> so now was he harnessed in at all? I know most. No, people no, he wasn't. Have a harness. Was he using one of those sticks? Um, I think so. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. That was. Uh huh. I mean, yeah, he should have. I'm glad he was released. Uh-huh. Like that's that's a pretty cool thing to do. Uh-huh. You're not hurting anything. Well, you, you might be hurting. <laughs> well, he, but the only thing he could have hurt is himself or, or a person that he fall. liked. Remember that Seinfeld yeah. episode where the guy falls on George's car? <laughs> oh yeah. It's a big problem. <laughs> that's true. Did you ever hear the whole thing about like? Sorry if I'm butting into your thing. Did you ever hear the whole thing about like people saying that if you chuck a penny off of like the Empire State Building, oh yeah, the men, yeah, it'll kill someone. It doesn't actually do that, but yeah, I remember there being a very good MythBusters episode about that where they basically just stood up there and chucked pennies off until like they hit a target. Yeah, until they could Person? find one. No, 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 no. no. They were like trying to see if they could embed themselves in the cement. Oh okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much all I had, except his training was pretty intense. Apparently, he's, like, very afraid of water. So, like, he would train He would train over water. So, he, like, like that got him in, like, a psychological state of, like, this is the same as, like, being, like, hundreds of feet in the air without mm-hmm. rope because he doesn't like water that much. So, so he gets up there and he's like, oh, phew, at least it's yeah. water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a cat. Yeah. It's okay. It's just, like... 3,000 feet, that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't worry about For it. For sure. Huh. Wait, do you know how tall the trade, World Trade Center was? Yeah, so it's um, 1,300 feet, about. 1,300 and... 50. Honolds no. was 7,000. Honolds was 7,000. What? Okay. Wait, are you sure? Yeah, I, I had a question. Mm. If you had to do anything super, super cool like that, what would you, like, train? Skydiving. Skydiving. Or uh, hang gliding. But I feel like skydiving is like pretty like normal nowadays. Then then like, like hang, hang, gliding. hang gliding. But yeah. that's also very normal. Like that's like insane. Like um, we're talking about these types of okay, people. Okay, your turn, Kira. <laughs> I'll be on the I mean, for me, I'm terrified of heights. So honestly, learning how to lead climb is, is like one of the giant like trying to get over that fear. Um, mm. So I think you're actively going towards your goal. Yeah, working on it. Uh, I did not start crying <laughs> on the wall today, so that was a plus. That happened Good. last time. Good. Um, yeah, it's very stressful. <laughs> um, but I think that, or I'd be. Um, I don't know. I I enjoy being in the water and like mm. going like um, snorkeling and stuff. Um, but I don't know how well I would do like doing like deep sea dive or like mm. the cave exploration. Underwater cave exploration or just cave exploration? Just cave exploration. I think yeah. that's so cool. I yeah. think both of those, but like deep sea diving, like you know, really getting like very much down into coral reefs and things like that, mm-hmm. not just like snorkeling off the hotel, you know, like right. beach or whatever. You're talking about or, like scuba diving kind of stuff. More, yeah, like scuba diving, <laughs> but like. But like to the extreme, we're talking about extreme ends on things, like taking something and then like. Like, that's what this episode Oh, what about, like, free diving? That's a sport. Oh, yeah, like, without... You you, just, like, go... You dive as deep as you possibly can with no... I mean, uh, I can tell you that that wouldn't be very far. (laughs) 
It's, it's yeah. usually not like 10 meters or something like there's that. There's some people. There's like a lady who went a couple hundred feet. Dang. She died. died. <laughs> but she got... Doing yeah, yeah, on one of hers. There's like a lot of people who do it. Yeah. I remember she reached like three, maybe 200 feet, something like that. I, wanna, I would swim with the... Well, dolphins. <laughs> I was swim with the. I was gonna say I would swim with the sharks, and then I'm gonna end that statement. Yeah, I would swim with the dolphins. Should I? I was trying to write free diving, and I wrote free dolphin. Free dolphin. Uh, yeah. Let's see what's happening. Wait, what, what would you do, Jeannie? Uh, I don't know. I was gonna say like the most like like thing that would make sense for me is something like running. Flies eight hundred and thirty-one. Yep, she dove eight hundred. Or wait, who's this? This is some guy that yeah, he reached eight hundred and thirty-one feet. So they don't have a mask, right? So you have to, nope. like, hold your breath, right? I oh, no, think they... so. Okay. Uh, well, you don't have oxygen, okay. but you still have, like, a mask so you don't uh, crush yourself in the pressure or something. Oh, uh, absolutely okay. crazy. Yeah. Wow. What were you saying, Lechie? I was thinking something like running. You know, there's, like, ultra marathons. That would make the mm-hmm. most sense for me because I am a runner. But mm-hmm. I feel like, again, if we're talking extreme things, that can be very normal to some people. I cannot run uh, at all. Okay, also, but, we, okay, I mean, like, like... Solo or what is it? Free solo is like, like normal. Just like everything normal, but that's definitely on the more extreme side. Marathons are normal. Um, ultra marathons are on the extreme. Mm-hmm. What yeah. does an ultra marathon have? How long? Isn't that like ninety something miles? It's like anything longer than a marathon. So they can be like a hundred k. They can be a hundred miles. Sometimes they last for months. Um, no, that sounds awful. I'm gonna not choose that. Okay. <laughs> also, just for the record. Kira chose like uh, climbing, you chose running, I say hang gliding and skydiving, and you say mine are too normal. <laughs> okay. I, I, but what's I, on the extreme of hang gliding? Okay, well, like, I'd say the extreme. Yeah, I was, okay, I was see thinking, that. Yeah. I wouldn't do that though. No, no, okay. Okay, fine. I would train for it. If that was like the one I would choose, that's what I would choose. Mm-hmm. But I, I think would it's stupid. Suit if it was like very, very safe Not and like someone was doing it with me and like also all of that stuff. That's the problem. They're like single and yeah, I just wouldn't trust them myself. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Kira. Thank you um, for having me. I guess we'll be back in a week or two, ideally. Could be three weeks, could be a year. We've we been never a little know. bit slower it's, these days. It's, it's the season of the studies. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show, Kira. Hi. Bye. Bye.